then. We're back with the flipping the nerd, guys. Welcome back to the gaming corner, everyone. Hey. Hope you guys had a great time. To the audience that is not listening to this. Yeah. Lols. I'm listening to it. Hey, me too. I I matter. Yeah. Right? No. 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 I definitely matter. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Because that's just how the way the world works. You're the brains of this operation. Duh. And I'm just the one. You're the lackey. I'm the one with the good voice. You are. And that's no, it. No, it's sexy voice, ma'am. Oh. That is what everyone describes it as. Okay. Get used to it. I mean, Buddy said I had, like, a Scarlett Johansson kind of vibe to it. And I was yeah. like, I can live with that. ScarJo's amazing. Yeah, she is. <laughs> I love her. I, I I would be very flattered by that by that comment. I am, actually. Good. I'm glad to hear All that. Right. So, but this is not the... The ScarJo Corner. It should be, though. We should have a ScarJo Corner. Hey, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, <laughs> you want to come if, and if hang? You, if you ever hear this, uh, email us at flippingthenerdchannel at gmail.com and let's hang out. That'd be awesome. Like, seriously. Realsies. Yeah. <laughs> um, gaming stuff. Gaming stuff. Elena, what have you played lately? I have played quite a few things. I was on spring break last week and had the opportunity to delve into a couple different games. Um, on Xbox One, I played Evolve. I borrowed it from a friend because I don't think that game is worth $60, and I was not <laughs> willing to pay for it. Um, I played it for... Blasphemy! <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, I played it for about two hours and got really frustrated because I was really, really bad at it. And then, um... To be fair, that game has a pretty ridiculous learning curve to it. Yeah, it's... There's far more strategy involved with that game than almost any shooter I've ever played. Yeah, and... It's kind of ridiculous, yeah, but I, kind of awesome. If... I, I do appreciate that, like, you actually need to have skill, but at the same time... You're, for you're, someone like me, I'm, you know, I'm not the best at video games. You're a so filthy casual. I'm a filthy fucking casual. Just yeah. like we said in the last one. Yeah. Um... And I'm just not the best at games, so I got really frustrated that I was making, like, no progress as I continued playing. And I was, I just got really frustrated and just put it down. And then uh, we played some Lord of the Rings War in the North, um, just because I had it. Wow, it was, how old is that game? Uh, 2011, 2010 maybe? Uh, wait, hold on. Which one is War of the North? You're going to have to remind um, me of this one. It's the one where you can play co-op um, and you play, or it's it's a trio of a dwarf, an elf, and a ranger. Okay. And basically there's some evil guy who is working with Sauron and is what kind of a game is it at least it's action rpg okay so okay yeah i played a game that was kind of like that it was a um it was a very japanese style it was like a very final fantasy-esque type of rpg where it's like, you know, you're wandering this giant world, you get random encounters oh. on your oh, way, you yeah. know, stuff like that. I don't know if that's how I, the game was encountered. No, or... it's, it's pretty linear um, as far as, granted, I haven't played a whole lot of it. Um, we didn't play it for very long, but um, it was pretty linear just in the story and the level okay. design. So, and there were like no random encounters or anything. It was pretty straightforward. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, um, we just played that a little bit. Uh, just to have some good old co-op fun, and then Buddy was like, holy crap, you've got the Hitman trilogy. I got really, really good at Blood Money. And I was like, alright. Blood Money is a great fucking game. Um, so, basically, he would play it, and I would just sit back and watch, completely fascinated. <laughs> at, like, because some of them, some of the levels he was really good at, at getting the uh, Silent Assassin. Yeah. And then there were some levels where he was just like, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah, he just, just shot shoot everybody. everybody. <laughs> there was an achievement I did get in that game, which is you have to kill exactly 47 people <laughs> before you complete the mission, which is just like such an absurd idea. But Yeah, that's goofy. I like, who, who keeps track? Me. I keep track. You keep track? Yes. Okay. I've got, I've got a tally of how many people I've killed on my back. It must be a lot then. Yeah, it's a lot. It's like four billion trillion. Whoa. And two. And two. And two. You just went over the limit there. Yep. Wow. Boom. Crazy. So there's there's basically my my back is just black. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> at this point, it's just black. Um, <laughs> and then we also played shit. What else did we play? We played uh, Deadpool. Um, oh, I, yeah. I was just like, you know what? I've been staring at this game for a while. Fuck it. Let's just, let's just get it. So we got it and played through it almost all the way in the span of like two days. Um, and then we got to a point where we were just like, all right, this is getting a little same old, same old. Let's play something else. <laughs> yeah, I um, get it. But I, I thought it was a really fun game. Um, uh, I love the humor. Love Nolan North. Um, and I, I thought it was a decent game. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't mind paying 20 bucks for it. Yeah. Um, I probably would not have paid full price for it, because... I'd like to play it someday. Some of the gameplay mechanics, it, mostly, like, the combat systems, just a little same old, same old. Um, yeah, I mean, from what I saw and gathered, it looks like the difficulty just comes from being severely overwhelmed, as yeah. opposed to it actually being a challenging mm -hmm. game. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of drew me away from it. Yeah. Um, but, like, the humor and uh, just some of the crazy shit that you get to do is just... It made it fun. Yeah. Um, it made it a pretty enjoyable experience. But it, we started to get to the point where it was like, okay, it's getting less fun to play, so let's just not. <laughs> yeah, so, I get that. So, yeah, quite a few different games uh, yeah, no over kidding. the course of uh, this past week. Brock! You've had a, a pretty pretty big experience. Yeah. Why, why don't you tell Pax all East of our viewers? Pax East 2015. What up? Yep. Woo! Woo! Yeah. It's actually really exciting. That was awesome. It was one of the better experiences I've ever had. It was, if anyone could go, I would, oh my god, I would so recommend that you go. It's, even if you don't get to play, like, I didn't get to play a whole lot of games, really, when I go look back and think. I only played a handful, but I watched a shit ton, and, you know, just watching Overwatch, for me, was enough to say, I'm fucking getting this game. <laughs> I will build a PC, I will buy it just for fucking Overwatch. Shit. Well, knowing Blizzard, you actually you probably won't even need to buy, like, a high-end PC. Yeah. Like well, I mean, it, it does look more technically advanced than World of Warcraft. Okay. Like, visually, it's mm -hmm. much more, sh it's sharper. Mm -hmm. It's, like, the aesthetics are really cool. Okay. 
And what's really, I fuck, what I love about what they've done with the game is that, like, every single character is extremely unique in how they handle the weapons they use, their nuances, things like that. Like, yeah. Blizzard's really good. Yeah, Blizzard's great about that. Yeah. I can, I can, they're, they're, Funhouse makes an amazing example mm -hmm. out of what Blizzard is. They're like Apple. They don't innovate, but they make everything better. Yeah. And uh, that's something that I can actually yeah. kind of agree on. Yeah. World of Warcraft and fucking Starcraft are more than enough to mm -hmm. prove that. So there's like a particular character. I forgot what his name was. He rocks like two like short range shotguns, basically. And he just walks around, just like decimates people. He's like an assassin type of character. When he needs to reload, he drops the guns and just takes out two new ones. It's too funny. <laughs> that's just, terrific. Like that's what like it's just like little details like mm -hmm. that. I yeah. really appreciate when mm -hmm. anyone can do that. Yeah. So I'm just excited to see where they take Overwatch, and yeah, I'm very stoked to see that. I got to play Fable Legends. Yes, tell us more about that. Fable Legends is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Team villain. Woo -woo. Hashtag team villain. Yep. So Brock uh, got did actually get the chance to play Fable Legends, and um, he played as the villain. As the of, villain to kind of showcase uh, what uh, the gameplay was going to be like. Um, it's it's uh, kind of in the same way, kind of in the same uh, 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 style as Evolve, where it's asymmetrical gameplay. I guess actually. It would be more accurate to call it, like, Mario Party, almost. In a way. Yeah. Yeah, especially the newer one. Yeah. But, like... Take it away, bro. Play, playing the villain was interesting because, like, well, you brought up Evolve. Evolve is, when you're on the team, it's first-person shooter. And when you're on the monster side, you it's like a third-person action game. Right. But Fable's different become, it's because it's a... It's almost like an RTS, like a real-time strategy type of game. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I had, like, while the heroes had a real-time, like, third-person view of their characters going through this world, I had an over-the-top view, seeing all of my minions and being able to control them, which, by the way, the controls for that were much better than I expected. Good. Good. Yeah, a lot of RTSs don't translate well to, uh... To consoles? To console. No, they don't. They did yeah. a good job. Like, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't strictly call it an RTS, mm. but it's like one. Like, mm. it's, if you are familiar with an RTS, you will be familiar with how to play the villain role. But it was like, you know, if, okay, so, like, if you want to attack the heroes with any of your class, like, you have up to four classes you can have at a time on the screen, and they're each, um, they're each smart... Um, smart key to or hotkey to a button mm -hmm. A, B, X, and Y, mm -hmm. and then hold R and press their corresponding button. They'll attack. Okay. Hold L and press that score corresponding button, and they'll move. Okay. So like it's real simple. Yeah. It's a very it's yeah. an incredibly simplistic concept. Yeah. So I got I got I had to get a hang of it or whatever, and but like. <laughs> But, like, halfway through the second phase of the game, the developer was, like, I got the heroes down to, like, two of them. <laughs> and I was just, I was not being nice to them. I was just like, oh, I'm writing all kinds of hell on you guys. Like, you can also control doorways in, as the villain. So you can separate the heroes, which is what's fun. Somebody made the foolish mistake of going into a corner that was dead, and I immediately closed it. <laughs> and I threw a mortar strike in there oh, and no. just wrecked them. It was so much fun. And the guy just started laughing so hard because... <laughs> I could tell, like, I mean, there are times when, like, he someone is playing the villain, they don't quite get it right away, but he was just, like, he was thoroughly entertained because him and I were just, like, joking around and just, like, fuck it, I'm just gonna have fun with these people. <laughs> That's awesome. And we actually, we actually didn't get to the very end of my demo because I, 
I just said, no mercy. <laughs> After he showed me a particular class where the enemy runs up to the heroes and explodes. So my, my head started Rumors. just churning, and I was like, oh, oh, Ooh. here's the strategy. Ooh. Here's what I'm going to do. Throw smokescreen for my archers. Then I'm going to send a guy in to explode, and then mortar strike, and then stealth guy to come in at the end, take them all out. That's Damn. exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Oof. I'm I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, I really am. I I, I wish I could have played as the heroes, truly, mm -hmm. but I was very happy I got to play as the villain because yeah. I got an idea of what to expect. Because mm -hmm. I got to be honest, playing Evolve by yourself is not fun. No, it unless is if not. you're really good as the monster, yeah. it's not fun in my right. opinion. Mm -hmm. But Fable Legends by myself was a lot of fun as mm -hmm. the villain. So I'm excited to know that this game not only is it free to play, but it's actually a good fucking game. Yeah. Um, I also got to play Titan Souls. Did I tell you about that one? Uh, I think you told me a little bit about it. Titan Souls is unique. If anyone has a PS4, look for it in April when it comes out. It's it's a Shadow of the Colossus S type of game where it's only boss fights. And the key thing is, is that one hit you die. Mm. One hit to the boss's weak point and they die. Ah. But you only have one arrow. Interesting. Yeah, and that's that's where the like the basically the very first and this was fun actually. This game is challenging enough to where the um, the game designers they said beat any of our titans and you get a five dollar discount or five dollar gift card. Nice. And I, I beat two of their bosses. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, kill yeah. them. The second one was interesting. It was like a brain inside of a giant ice cube and it just was like sliding around. And what it would do is that it... Evil within level shit. <laughs> right? So, like, there would be these four points on the map, and each had a, had a lever, and if, he, and if the brain went on top of it, a flame would come up in the center. So what you had to do was maneuver around it so that, like, when it came to this point, I had to be on this side and fire an arrow at the precise moment Ooh. that the flame came up and melted the ice. Ooh. And then I just shoot the brain and it immediately dies. So, Damn. like, it's it's really... That's pretty cool. That's what I'm saying. Like, these guys put a lot of genuinely good, like, puzzle-solving thought into these bosses. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of Shadow of the Colossus. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a it's a very good game. I played a game called Viking Squad, which was fucking hysterical. <laughs> it's a class... It's a great, like, old-school beat-em-up, like, Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time type of stuff. So... I would recommend that game for sure. And then other things I got to see were great. I didn't get to see... I didn't get a chance to see anyone at Funhouse, unfortunately. I mean, James was there. Yeah. But he was, like, super busy and the line was capped. So I couldn't do, I couldn't go, like, yeah. say hi or anything. So, so Bexies yeah. was amazing. Funhouse, fun if you're listening, we're fans. We're big fans. Um... Bruce, you, you should, uh, if, if you're ever interested in coming on one of our shows and farting, <laughs> um, like literally just say hi and Bruce Green and then fart and then leave. Just let us know. Or Adam, if you ever want to play me in Halo, what's up? Yeah. Official challenge. And, and or, you know, if you want to actually win, play me in Halo because <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what we've been doing okay. over the last couple weeks. It's Pulse been... It's it's been about a month since uh, our last podcast. Yeah, roughly actually. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, that's actually about right. Yeah. Yeah, so we had some time. Good to, good stuff. Yep, good times. Okay. Definitely. So we got we got a fun little discussion here. Yeah, Elena. we do. We um a lot, a lot of remakes have been coming out lately. Yeah, remasters, remasters remakes. Remakes, reimaginings, if you will. like uh, Definitive editions. Just all kinds of stuff. All kinds of crazy shit. So with, with that being said, 
It's safe to assume that not everyone is a winner. Correct. Yeah, it's always safe to assume. <laughs> Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, don't bring that up. <laughs> I don't. Think that's that's technically a sequel though, so it doesn't well, really count. Well, okay. Yeah. Touché. Yeah. It's okay. So, I guess our big question right now is that what would we constitute as a good remake slash reimagining, if you will? Slash reboot? Whatever you want to call it. Okay. Because in some ways, remakes can be different from reboots. Mm-hmm. Um, Tomb Raider is a good example. Um, it, it is not a remake. Uh, it is definitely a reboot. It's, it's taking a character, but then putting her in a new universe with a new story and just going in a different direction from the prior games. Yeah. Whereas I would consider, like, a remake to be kind of... It'd be like, what, Halo? Yeah, yeah. Like, um... Uh... Uh... Combat Evolved. Yeah. Uh, when that came out, the anniversary. Um, or... Even, like... Um... Some of the, uh... 3D, uh, editions of, like, Legend of Zelda... I would consider those remakes because they're p- still pretty similar to what the original games were. No, they're exactly the same, usually. Uh, well, they, like the they're, they're Wind Waker. Wind yeah. Waker HD. That's just a remake because yeah. it's just updated visuals. Yeah. And, like, a camera, like, yeah. selfie option. Yeah. Which is hysterical. Yeah, which <laughs> I appreciate it. But then you've got, like, um, the Resident Evil remake, which um, is, I think, is a really interesting one because... It's not like they just went back to the same game and just made it look prettier. They actually went back and basically redid the thing mm-hmm. and like made it look better, made it play better. So what redid. what cons- Okay, so let's get back on track yeah, here. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. So for me a reboot, remake, whatever. What makes it good is what is for me it's the amount of effort that went into it is yeah. a big is a big plus. Mhm. But also, it's like, even the ones that are just HD upgrades, the important question is, does this game hold up? Yeah. And for me, a big letdown of that was the Devil May Cry collection. Mm-hmm. I played the first game again. I played, okay, I played Devil May Cry, the very first one, when it first came out, way back when on the PlayStation 2. I loved it. I, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was really unique. I didn't understand what was happening because I was way too young <laughs> to comprehend that. But it was a fun, week-long thing that my friend and I experienced together, and we had a blast. I picked up the HD collection a year ago, and I have to say, the first game does not hold up. Yeah. At all. I don't think... I don't think fixed camera angles work well with three no. with 3D action games. I don't... I, I understand what Capcom was doing, because that was their style way back when. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think it held up. I don't think it holds up at all. So yeah. that was one that let me down big time mm. for sure. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it's pretty important that um, a remake uh, just kind of brings something new to the table. That it's not just taking the exact same game and making it look prettier, mm-hmm. but it should be adding something to it, you know, like yeah. bringing its own. Uh, feature or flair or whatever, just something so that it can stand out from the original. Yeah. Um, something that would give me a reason to go back and or to to play the the remake instead of the original. So um, and then with reboots, honestly, 
I think with some reboots, uh, I just I just want a good story. Mm-hmm. With a lot of them, I want an, a good story with interesting characters. But most of all, if uh, the the original game wasn't that much fun to play, I really want the reboot to be fun to play. Yeah. Like, DMC is a, a really good example. Um, like, the original Devil May Cry, I had a lot of trouble with it. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but mm-hmm. uh, DMC was a huge step up from that. And so was Tomb Raider. Uh, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. So, Okay. So, with that being said, mm-hmm. we have decided to concoct ourselves a nice little top ten list. Yep. We have decided to throw together top tens of our favorites, remakes slash reimagining slash reboots, whatever you want to call them. Yep. We should probably also establish what we consider them. I think that's an important thing. Yeah. Because there are different ones on here, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So, let's start it off at number 10. Oh, do we want to do the honorable mentions first, though? If we really need to, absolutely. All right. Well, um, I think it's worth mentioning that we did consider these games. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns, I thought was a lot of fun. I played the original Donkey Kong Country when I was young. Had a blast with it. And Some of my absolute favorite game experiences are from those games. Oh, yeah. And God, then, they're great. Um, Rayman Origins. I had actually never heard of Rayman prior to this game coming out. And I went back and looked at um, uh, the original, and I was like, damn, this is, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then um, we also have uh, Halo 2, specifically... Uh, the Master Chief Collection version yep. of Halo 2, because, yep. damn, damn. It's, it's sexy. <laughs> yeah. To it, say Halo 2 on the Halo 5 engine, good call. Damn. Three, four, three. Yeah. And, you know, it was one, for me, it was one of those things where, like, <laughs> I know frame rate is such a overblown argument nowadays with games and stuff. And normally it's not a thing that I care about, but after playing, experiencing Halo in 60 frames per second, I've been thinking to myself, we've been playing like savages this whole time. <laughs> We're barbarians. We're barbarians. <laughs> we need Halo 60 frames at all times. Yeah, my, my big thing with frame rate is I just want the game to feel smooth. If, if there's yeah. any kind of lag, then it just pisses me off. Like, whenever mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Unity would dip to, like, 6 frames per second, and I'd couldn't climb or see myself climb, I'd, I got so, so angry. Can't do it. Yeah. Um, and, like, to, if, if it's solo to the point where it's unplayable, then there's an issue. But, like, I don't absolutely need every single game at 60 FPS to be happy. So. No. I don't either, because I'm an exponent owner. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we get uh, lower lower resolution and slower slower frame rate. And yet we still enjoy our games that don't bitch and moan. Yes, we do, because all of our friends are there. That's Unlike all. Unlike PlayStation. Unlike PlayStation. <laughs> PlayStation doesn't have any of my friends, except for yeah. like one person or two. Sorry. I know one person that's got a PlayStation, mm-hmm. and that's it. All right. Back to the list. Let's do this next. <laughs> Number 10. Uh... This was my personal choice. Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Uh, my big reason for putting this on the list was because uh, Pokemon was one of my very, very early uh, experience, like one of my very first experiences with gaming. 
And I started out with um, Ruby and Sapphire. So, you know, you might be thinking, oh, why, why didn't you choose Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire? Here's why. I went back to uh, Silver and Gold, played those, had a blast with them, and then when Soul Silver came out, I picked it up and went through and played at least 60 more hours of it. Damn. And it's a long time. I had a blast the entire time I was doing it. It looked better. Okay. Uh, the the gameplay was improved. And one of the, you know, they had uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver run on the same engine as Diamond and Pearl, which is one of my favorite engines mm -hmm. of the Pokemon series. Um, like, everything looks really cool. And, like, on the DS, they've got this little like widget uh thing where you could have a bunch of different applications like um like what mood your pokemon was in uh you could have a watch you could have like an item locator mm -hmm. it was it was really really cool and they implemented all of that into soul silver and heart gold and in addition to that it also included the expanded pokedex which i i thought was really really cool does that mean they added a lot more Pokemon? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. It wasn't just the original 151. Uh, okay. It was, it was more than just that, which I always thought... That's actually kind of a big deal, mm -hmm. is adding much more content to it. Mm -hmm. Which, yep. I, which yeah, in which case I totally understand mm -hmm. why yep. you would say that's a really good remake, yep. in which case. Definitely. Yeah, yep. I, I like that. So, it's good. Yep. that's my pick for number 10. Okay, okay, good job, good job there. Okay, number 9. Number 9. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Larson, love those guys. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Hey guys, if you ever want to... <laughs> <laughs> All right, number nine, uh, we got some Metroid Prime action here, and it's kind of, I always, I, I was thinking about this for a little bit, and like, to any of the big Metroid fans, this is like borderline blasphemy for me to say that, <laughs> because, you know, Super Metroid is the best game ever, <laughs> but I just think that for, the, for a game developer to take what was considered a classic side-scrolling action game, which I don't say it, I'm not saying it isn't. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying the game desperately needed a reimagining, which is what Metroid Prime is. It's a reimagining. But the fact that you could take a side-scroller and then turn it into a vast open-world game full of exploration, full of a world that actually compelled me to learn what the hell I was looking at, and that actually gave me some really cool combat, and also it was on the GameCube, and it looked better than most games that I played in that generation, which, because the GameCube was awesome. <laughs> I, I, I love, I love the fucking GameCube. Yep. It was a great fucking system. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just, I honestly, Metroid Prime, in my personal opinion, has always landed as one of my top ten favorite games I've ever played. It's just, it's, it's quite the experience, and... I guess the only reason I didn't preach for it to be higher on this list is simply because this is a pretty polarizing game for the fan base in general. There are plenty, like I said, there are plenty of people who don't really like it that much. And the biggest complaint was, like, the backtracking. And for me, backtracking in a world that's unique and awesome is not a big problem. Yeah. And one of the games that we'll talk about later on this list is all about the backtracking. Mm -hmm. All about it. Yep. So, yeah, Metroid Prime, number nine. All right. Yeah. Now, number eight. 
Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Goldeneye is a really, really fucking cool game. Oh my god. It's so Did cool. Did you ever play the original? Uh, no, but I watched someone play it. I grew up on that mess. Like, that's, yeah, that's another, like, <laughs> big, like, bonding slash tearing of friendships yep. type of games. Oh, yeah. Just so much split-screen multiplayer, and I have to say, though, I... If I, I feel like if I were to try and play the original Nintendo 64 version, I don't think it would be good anymore. Nah. Even, no, I would, I would want to tilt it. Yeah. Because then you could get the guys that spin. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Oh, it's okay. so weird. Yeah, no, I, um, from what I saw, it just, it looked, eh, like, like for, for its time. Yeah, for its time, it, it would have been really, really good. It but, still doesn't hold up, though. Yeah. Like, Donkey Kong Country holds up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. To this day. Mm -hmm. One of my absolute favorite games still. But GoldenEye 64 does not hold up. Yeah. Now, the remake, though, the remake is a worthy fucking remake. Yeah. It's not, it's like, rebuild the graphics engine completely. Also, I thought that was kind of interesting. They decided to swap out Pierce Brosnan's face and put in Daniel Craig's likeliness. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting choice, mm -hmm. which was nice because it kind of caters to the movies yeah. and does like subtle advertising yeah. for, you know, the the movies coming out soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And probably like maybe people who uh, played GoldenEye back in the 64 days um, who maybe weren't so much into the Daniel Craig, James Bond uh, saga. They're like, oh, hey, that dude. Hmm. Maybe I should go actually check out some of these new Bond movies. Exactly. That's kind of like what I what happened with me. I was like, oh yeah, this is the new dude who's playing James Bond. And um, and then after that, I, of course, I picked the worst one to start with, Quantum of Solace. Oh, no. But... <laughs> oh, no. But <laughs> I, it was still, like, enough to get me interested in the, the new Bond Fucking, saga. So, like, way back when... My gamer score is just absurd sometimes. It, it's absolutely absurd. <laughs> I was playing uh, the ported version of Mortal Kombat 3 way back when. I got an achievement where it was worth 11 points. <laughs> First off, that already pisses me off. Yeah. I, I like nice, even numbers with my me achievements. Me too. So, fast forward a couple of years later, Golden Knight comes out. I start playing Golden Knight. We get to the second level where... And they actually recreated the scene really well, where you sneak down inside the stall upside down, and you like, and you do a quick time event to knock out the guard there. <laughs> Two point achievement. <laughs> and I was just like, "Really, game? <sighs> what is wrong with you?" No, I we you were there when I figured out what game threw off my gamer score. Fucking Lego Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> One of the achievements was like, uh, "Get to Port Royal," and it was worth twelve G. And I'm just like. Fuck you, game. Fuck you. And of course, the one that will round it out, it's worth 88G. You have to collect 88 million or billion, 888,888 studs. Fuck that. And I'm just like, fuck. That means I actually have to play that fucking game. <laughs> nope. No, thank so. you. So yeah, GoldenEye. It's a good choice, I think. For I sure. agree. Alright, we got number seven spot. We number got, seven. We got Ninja Gaiden for the original Xbox. Oh man, do I love this game. Yeah, yeah, you're you're more in a position to talk about it than I am. Yeah, for sure. So, like So tell me about it, Brock. What I don't, what makes it a, a good remake? Well, I only played the original original Ninja Gaiden like briefly. Mm. And I, I do recall like it's a challenging game. It's classic side scrolling stuff. 
And Ninja Gaiden is basically the same thing like what they're doing Metroid. They made it into a 3D action game. The key thing with Ninja Gaiden on the Xbox, though, is that the amount of skill it requires is absurd. Mm-hmm. And... The learning curve is not that is pretty steep. It's just it's a game. It's a fantastic game to challenge yourself in. It was one of the first games where like my friend and I went so far out of our way to actually get really good at the Master Ninja level, which is the hardest difficulty, mm-hmm. and we beat the game on that. And to this day, Ninja Gaiden has one of the hardest boss fights I've ever ha- I've ever faced. And this bitch demon named Alma is in it. <laughs> And the fact that I could still talk about it, and like I was on the phone with my friend Justin a couple weeks ago, and we brought up Ninja Gaiden, and we were both just like, dude, you remember fucking Alma? And he was like, dude, fuck that bitch. Because <laughs> he made the comedy, it's like, dude, one time you and I beat her in like 30 seconds, and then the other time we could we spent the entire night trying to fucking beat her. Just impossible. <laughs> so, like, just the fact that, like, a, re-ima- a reimagined game has that kind of a connection with my friend and I is the reason why I would easily put this on that list. Yeah. So, yeah. From what I've seen, it's a pretty, pretty solid step forward. It's a a ridiculous game, to say the least. It's so quick-paced, you can't keep your eyes off the screen. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you will die. Yeah. Lots of times. All right. Well, number six. This is a game I think we're going to gush over. For a little bit longer than maybe some of the others because Probably. it's so good. We both love it. Ugh. It and that game is Wolfenstein: The, the New, New Order. Oh, so good! It is easily my favorite FPS from the last like probably eight or nine years. It's easily one of the best like single player experiences I've had with a shooter in a very long time. Yeah, and I'm and I'm comparing that to the Uncharted games, my deal. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like. I, I don't... There's just something about this game that just had such an unbelievable appeal to it. Yeah. And it's... And it really shouldn't. Like... Yeah. Like, <laughs> it... Just, like, from what I saw, like, I just kind of looked at a trailer and it, it looked like it was just going to be really straightforward, like, run and gun. Like, macho, over-the-top insanity. But then I actually borrowed it and then started playing it and I was like, dude, this is fun. This is a lot of fucking fun. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, I, like I said earlier, I'm bad at games. And I was still able to, to play it on the second highest difficulty and do well. Yeah. And um, one thing I absolutely love about it is the fact that you can choose how you want to approach the levels. Um, like early on, I was super duper duper fucking stealthy mm-hmm. and leveled up my stealth like a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and finding all those hidden corridors behind the walls was yeah, a lot of fun for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just the fact that you have the option of playing how you want to play, like if you want with a fairly linear game, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty rare opportunity that you get that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I really appreciated that and. Um, the fact that the story was actually really interesting. It actually, and yeah, like it's, I'm, uh, you know me, I'm not one to, at least not anymore, I'm not a person who puts story over gameplay. Mm-hmm. But this was a game that happened to have great fun gameplay and a coherent storyline yeah. that was actually well-crafted. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really, I had fun with the story and, and... Um, you know, in between going crazy and shooting Nazis left and right, um, I had 
I really thought the story was interesting and uh, whenever I got the chance, I would just go into the lore and just read more about it. Just because mm-hmm. it's a Did, really interesting time period. I loved the journal entries of yeah. the girl that of the nurse that you yep. found. Mm-hmm. Those were interesting. Oh yeah, finding out how she killed various Nazis and stuff like that. I was like, yeah. this is kind of cool. I was like, Damn, they could make like a spinoff game yeah. about this, and I would totally support it. I oh would, my god, I, we should totally email them. Hey, <laughs> Machine Head Games. Hey, Bethesda. <laughs> Like, I remember one of the things about the, um, one of the, I think it was, it wasn't the reveal trailer, it was, I think, the launch trailer. The first time they showed part of that cutscene where your character revs up the chainsaw and takes it to the Nazi's neck. Yep, I don't know why, but the way that was, the way that was shot, I was just like, this is intriguing, like... I don't know. The way how the chainsaw over oh, like overdid his screaming and the yep. way it was angled, the way everything was yep. done. I was like, this is like a movie right yeah. now. I was like, shit. This is what intense. is this? Yeah, it was really intense. And I was like, God damn. What I love that cutscene. I love when I watched that cutscene. No. I was like, oh, this was so worth it. Now when like, I got <laughs> to that part, I was just like, oh my god, this is it. This is it. <laughs> and it was so early on too. I was like, yeah. ooh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ooh, this is so cool. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed that one, and I I played the oh god when did it come out? I want to say like two thousand nine, the the three hundred and sixty Wolfenstein. I never played that. It compared to the New Order, it's. Eh, I mean, you've got some interesting enemy types, and you've got like this kind of time. I think it's like a time travel type ability where you like control a rift. And you've got different powers and shit, and that was kind of cool. But I also remember I played it for, like, maybe three or four hours straight, and then stopped. And then uh, at that point, I'd only gotten, like, two achievements, and I was just like, fuck, I'm (laughs) not very far along in this game at all. This is annoying. And I, I just... I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. I was still, of course, progressing through the story, but I just didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it was it was okay. Um, it it was kind of interesting, but the new order, like from the very first level to I'm almost done with it um, to where I'm at right now, it has. Grip me. That end, that end boss fight is quite a boss fight, let me tell you. Good. I mean, once you figure it out, it's mm-hmm. actually pretty simple, but mm-hmm. you have to figure it out. Yeah. And it took me a while to figure it out. It was actually kind of frustrating because <laughs> I, I played it on the hardest difficulty the mm-hmm. first time through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that took some time. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely believe it. So, um, yeah, like, I don't know. Something about Wolfenstein just, like, is clicked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact, uh, for me... The fact that they really emphasized a strong sing- single player experience. They really, and no multiplayer whatsoever. Yeah, no multiplayer whatsoever. I like every, that. Every aspect went into making a phenomenal single player experience, and they absolutely delivered on it. And quite frankly, I'm really, I'm still a little disappointed that it didn't do nearly as well as it deserved. Yeah. It was definitely, it was definitely, I, I wouldn't compare it to, like, Mirror's Edge. I'm pretty sure it was more successful than Mirror's Edge, yeah. but it reminds me of that, where it's, like, a really terrific game experience that... Was kind of underrated. That was kind of, like, overlooked, yeah. for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Because I I have yet to meet any. Because here's the funny thing. I mentioned this to you, and like I remember I looked up a forum randomly about Wolfenstein: The New Order because oh yeah, because you asked if it would be considered a remake. Mm-hmm. I was like, is this a remake? I just wanted to find out. Yeah. And yeah, the uh, the longtime fans of Wolfenstein do consider this a remake, but more importantly. This was the one game where everyone was just like, don't play this game. And this was before it was released. Everyone was just like, it's going to be terrible because it's not id Software doing it. Mm. It's a different company. They've never done a game before. It's going to be awful. And sure enough, this is arguably like the best Wolfenstein that's been made in a very long time. Yeah. If not, probably the best in the whole franchise. Yeah. I haven't played the rest. I can't speak for it. I played one Wolfenstein on the Xbox and it was terrible. Mm. That's all I remember. Although it got good reviews, I remember when it came out. But I just remember it not being good. Yeah. Yeah, but, no, I think I think Wolfenstein's a really good example of a remake slash reboot done right. Absolutely. Um, also, like the the sex scenes that happened, it was one of the only ones in any game I've ever watched that weren't awkward. Yeah. Is that weird to say? No. Okay. I just wanted to make no. sure. Because usually that that's tends to be a staple of video game sex scenes, is that they're awkward. Like they're really uncomfortable to watch. But here I was but, just like it was it was I think it was just because of the context where mm-hmm. how these two met, which was just like she was a nurse and he was a comatose patient, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, fighting together against us against a higher I don't what do you call them? Like against the Nazis, if you will, yeah. I guess. I was trying to look for a better word, I guess, I couldn't think of something. So I don't know, it's just it was the context of the situation though where I was just like, this is kind of genuine. I actually like this, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I don't know, it was just weird for me yeah. to think about. No, it didn't feel forced at all, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Like and it it made sense. I'm like, you know, ride to hell. <laughs> so much dry humping. <sighs> so much dry humping. Ugh, that game. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, that is why Wolfenstein is our number six. And now, number five. Fallout 3! Fallout 3. And Holy this is, shit. This is an interesting one, because it's, even though it's technically a third game in a franchise, I consider it a substantial reimagining. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, like, the first two games were top-down, turn-based RPGs, basically. Yep. Or maybe, like, dungeon crawlers, I guess. Yeah. But I never played them, but I've seen what they look like, mm-hmm. and... They don't look anything like Fallout 3. Yeah, Fallout 3 is just completely new direction. And, you know, for there there were people who were like, can they really do that? Can mm-hmm. they can they make this like open world first person shooter and still make it like a good RPG? And fuck yeah. Yeah. They did it. It's definitely a game. It's one of the few open world experiences I've had where the world felt empty, but it made sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense because yeah. it's a fallout of a nuclear holocaust. Yeah, and I'm just like, you know what? Not seeing a lot of people really sells the atmosphere. Yeah, and that's what I appreciate about Fallout yeah. Three. No, the the atmosphere was terrific. Like, I love the wasteland, even though it was destroyed and barren and all that stuff. Like, I don't know. If I respond more to well done apocalyptic wastelands than I do to like medieval fantasies like Skyrim or something like that. Mm. It's just it's just my personal taste. Well, you say that, but let's see how The Witcher Three turns out. Ugh. And you may you may change your tune. <laughs> I, I probably will because those guys are the shit. <sighs> <laughs> We're already starting to drool. I know. We're 
so excited for The Witcher. And we looked like... Fallout 3 was a really interesting... It was also one of the first games where I got every single DLC and played through every single one of them. That's really good. Yeah, there was five DLC packs, and they all added, like, eight-plus hours to the game, at least. Which is great, in Mm. my opinion. They Mm -hmm. all... And, like, only one of them was kind of, like, okay. Yeah. And that was only because it just wasn't what you would expect. It was called Mothership Zeta. You get, you get abducted by aliens. I was going to say, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it's just so absurdly random. But even then, they still manage to put the same type of charm, and you get such good weapons because they're <laughs> alien-based weapons. Yeah. So, like, after you, you know, get off the ship or whatever, you just walk away with these, like, unbelievably badass weapons <laughs> that you just wreck everybody's mess with. It's a lot of fun, and I, like... Yeah, Fallout 3, I put, I sunk a lot of hours into that game. Yeah, no, I think it's one of the best design games of its time. And it, one thing that I love about it is even, what, it came out, what, 2008? Yeah, I think so. You know, almost eight years later, it still holds up. Absolutely. Yeah. It still holds up as one of the best first-person RPGs. Our first-person shooter RPG. It's my preferred Bethesda RPG over all the others. Mm. Over Oblivion, over Skyrim, over Morrowind. Like, I'd rather play Fallout 3 than any of those games, in my personal opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, Skyrim, you can get the Thomas the Tank Engine mod. Oh, God, that was so terrifying. (laughs) It was the best. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Every time I watch it, I die. It's so funny. I die of laughter, and then a little piece of my soul dies. (laughs) It's so good. With every toot of his horn. (laughs) It's so scary. It's, it's <laughs> he just so pops up dis- on this tower. <laughs> exactly, it's wonderful. I love it. If only they had something like that for Fallout. Oh, that'd be terrific. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, Fallout Three, number five. Number four, we've given it to Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time. Mm-hmm. That was a really fun game. Yeah. Did you you played it? Yeah. Oh man, like. I have to say, the the Sands of Time trilogy is still one of my favorite trilogies of video games. And it wouldn't be that case if Sands of Time wasn't such a great establishing remake. Yeah. That just introduced such... I mean, look at look at what, it, what foundations it led for other games after mm-hmm. it. Yeah, like the parkour system. Was, it was the wall running, the tying, mm-hmm. the time manipulation, mm-hmm. just how it... It is a game that takes wild concepts but manages to make them flow together extremely well and that's what was important in my opinion yeah definitely and like the prince of Persia games have always been able to nail that so definitely and like have you ever played the original before i watched someone play it and i was not impressed yeah like it's hard to be impressed (laughs) yeah um but i like I, i actually watched a comparison video of like the original uh, compared to uh, Sands of Time, and the difference is astronomical. Yeah. And Sands of Time is it's it's just on its own. It's a really really good game. It's easy for you to sell it as a brand new game. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. It's that's that's why I think it's such a good example of a reboot. Yeah. Done right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, um, it it. On its own, it's a really, really, really good game. But then as a reboot, as a remake, it's amazing, especially compared to the first game. Because everything's been completely redone. 
and they've taken it in a brand new direction that works and feels good to play. And gave us two sequels that exactly. were good. Yeah. And not all trilogies can say that. No, unfortunately, not all trilogies can say that. So. Assassin's Creed. What? <laughs> <laughs> I will not disagree with you on that. I will not. All right, so yeah, number four, Prince of Persia. Good times. I love that game. All right, now we're at we're, <sighs> we're at the top three. Top three. We had these decided pretty early on. It was just a matter of like what order they would be in. Yeah. So. But we do agree to these three choices are the our absolute favorites, and mm -hmm. quite frankly, whatever order we could justify it. Yep. But we did decide. We did agree that. When we realized that with the number one pick, when we talked about it for 20 minutes yeah. one night, we were just like, you know what? We should probably choose this one. Yeah. But number three is probably one of my all-time favorites. Ugh, Resident Evil. Resident Evil. <laughs> he, he's salivating right now. Yes, I am. And <laughs> I need to change my pants, too. Ooh. Oh, dude. Ooh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move across the room. Okay. <laughs> That's gnarly. I'll just talk about Resident Evil all by myself. I don't give a fuck. Man, what a game. Till you quit. Till you quit. Till you quit. Like, tell me what. Resident Evil on the original PlayStation, I remember <laughs> playing that game a little bit back in when I was eight years old, I think is how old I was. And it, it scared me because I was just a kid. I didn't know any better. And I just, I only remember bits and pieces of what actually happened. Well, I get a GameCube, and all of a sudden, a Resident Evil remake comes out. And I'm just like, hmm, interesting. I remember this game very vaguely, so I want to guess this. I want to pick it up. Oh, boy. Just the amount of effort that Capcom went to reestablish the franchise is what makes me so happy about this game. Mm -hmm. Is that the first Resident Evil game, while... It is considered one of the founding games of the modern horror, uh, survival horror genre, which I will agree with. It is, if you, it doesn't really hold its weight anymore. Mm -hmm. Just because by today's standards, the biggest problem it had was its writing. Yeah. The writing was just really bad. <laughs> and the VO. Yeah. It was bad. The 90s weren't. Oh, the 90s. Oh, the 90s. It's really Good all times. you can see. But it's just like, it's hilarious. I remember showing you a video of someone took, it was, out, it was the outside Xbox guys, actually. Yes. They took <laughs> the cheesiest lines yep. from the original game and showed what they did to it differently in mm -hmm. the remake. And the difference is, is astonishing yeah. alone in those instances. Yeah. Like, it's really, it's great to see that clearly Capcom gives a shit about Resident Evil. Yeah. And they, this game is more than enough. It still holds some of the creepiest moments I've ever experienced in a video game. I showed you one of them. Yep. It's, it was... Ooh, ooh. Yeah, just hearing that sound, I was just like... Mm, nope. Time to nope llama the fuck out of there. You don't even want to know what that thing looks like. It's... it's it's gross. Is it like the, the, the things from Dying Light with the... It's worse. Oh, God. Cause... It's worse because it's tragic. Mm. And that's the thing, is that, like, only again, only Resident Evil <laughs> would actually make me feel sorry for a mutation that was trying to kill me. Oof. Because it's, like, it'd be, it's really fucked up. <laughs> it's like this girl and her parents are living on the mansion grounds or whatever, and I guess, I think one of them, like, worked for Umbrella, and you learn that the... 
the girl was infected with a T virus as a part of the experiment or whatever, and people react differently to it and stuff like that. Right. And what eventually wound up happening is that the girl finds out that her mother has been dead this whole time. Shit. And she finds her, takes her face, sews it onto her own, and then finds her dad's and sews it on the back of her head. So you just see this atrocity. Oh, God. And this girl is also kept in this, like, old school, like, chain block thing. Uh, so she's just like crawling she's like crawling. No, she has her father's head on her. That's what it is. And she's looking for her mother. That's the whole thing. So she doesn't even want to hurt you necessarily. You're just in the way. You're just in the way. Shit. Yeah. And like you the final fight with her, that it's not the final final fight, but the final time you encounter her, mm -hmm. you reveal her mother's gravestone, and she sees the head, and she screams out, mother, grabs the head, and jumps to her death. Oh my god. So it's like, smooth. creating like a self-aware zombie that has a goal, kind of like, it, it, again, it's like, it's tragic. Yeah. And I love that Capcom was making me able to feel that, you know? Yeah. Damn. P Pixar could make me feel sorrow for fucking toys being destroyed, and Capcom could make me feel sorry for zombies, apparently. Damn. Yeah, Whew. that is that is only a minor amount that I could talk about <laughs> Resident Evil because I don't want to keep up this podcast. Yeah, no, it, it would probably go on for like three hours it if could. you did. If it, you did, it very well could. Why don't you get us into the number two spot there? Elena? All right, number two, one of my favorite games of the last ten years. Uh, one of my favorite reboots of all time. One of my favorite action-adventure games, and that includes the Uncharted series. Talking about Tomb Raider. Yeah, 2013. Tomb Raider. Go Tomb Raider. Holy shit. What a um, game. What, a, what an amazing game. Just the fact that they put so much effort into turning Lara into a real person, not just a kick-ass girl who, uh, you know, just was really good at like parkour and running around and puzzles and like it was being all sexy and stuff yeah exactly like they they turned her into more than just a sex object mm -hmm. um she still retains that like attractiveness oh the first time they revealed the art of her like just like bloody and messed up my first thought was oh my god i'm really turned on right now <laughs> <laughs> no and she's 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 you know, I th I honestly think the fact that um, where she starts out in the game and then where like how she progresses makes her an attractive person. The mm -hmm. fact that she's able to overcome all this shit and just be a really strong person and like really stand up for herself. I find that an attractive quality in a person. Um, and I, you know... Girl power, woot, and like I honestly strong female protagonist, yeah, man. That's strong. Shit. And I'm actually wearing my uh, a, a Tomb Raider shirt. Yeah, you are. I, nerd. I am a nerd. <laughs> Connor came in and was like, "What the fuck are you wearing?" I was like, it's "Tomb Raider, Connor. You wouldn't understand." <laughs> and he was like, "You're right. I just beat it." Like hashtag today. misogyny. And hashtag like, woman struggle. <laughs> hashtag Gamergate. <laughs> um, but. Not not only fleshing out Lara as a character, but coming up with some really, really cool level designs. 
um, I like all I liked all the tombs the that tombs. you raided. The ah! I deserve that. <laughs> right. No, and I love when she's just like, I hate tombs, and you're just like walls, walls. Um, and then um, yeah, just the world that they designed was really pretty. I loved being able to explore the environments, the tombs, the caves, the the different structures. The fact that like even though you're just on this little island uh, in Japan or near Japan, um, you're able to go from like really like you know generic kind of foresty environments to like snow and wind and mountainous uh, areas and. But it feels really natural, mm -hmm. and it's the environments are always really engaging and really really fun, and it was it was a good story. I liked the story, and I thought it was a good. It managed to keep the campiness of the original games, but make it in a way that I actually didn't laugh at it. Yeah, no, like because really, if you think about it, just conceptually, conceptually, it's a, it's, it's, it's a little ridiculous. It's, it's a little ridiculous yeah. too. Yeah, it's, you know, like, it can be a little. A, a goddess spirit is causing storms that doesn't allow people to leave an island. Yeah, like you know, it, on paper, it sounds ridiculous. It's like the writer. It's the writer of it was Damon Lindelof. <laughs> um, no, but like, yeah, oh conceptually, it's kind of a weird idea, but just the way they pulled it off, um, I thought was really, really good. It kept me interested the entire time. It also captured one of my favorite moments, dramatic moments in any game, and that was the first kill moment. Oh my god, it was beautiful. I thought it was just such a... Such a moment that mm -hmm. I don't think many games have captured. I absolutely agree. It's, um, you know, just that, just when she pulled that trigger and killed yeah, the man, and, and she just starts, like, crying and yeah. upset, you're just like, oh, damn. You're just like, fuck. What can you do? Yeah, but you all can't she, help but sympathize for her. And uh, all she could have done, though, was just keep moving. Yeah, and that's that's what she does. And granted, and, though, the hilarity joke yeah. of being that she <laughs> like becomes a... two she, minutes later, she's <laughs> strangling people with a bow. Yeah, like, just, no remorse. It's like, fuck. Well, <laughs> they, they can't keep that going, you know? <laughs> yeah. And now this time, she I think they might just blame it on her PTSD. <laughs> She just kills people because she's got PTSD. It's probably, probably it. No, I'm actually really excited for the new one. I think it's going to be really interesting. Tied exclusive for X-Bone. Yeah! Um, so, yeah. No, Tomb Raider's... I, I love it. So much fun. And Terrific game. I, I've played it through at least four times. Yeah. Hey, it's one of the few games where you beat my ass in the achievements. Yeah. No, and, like, I... I like to say I basically 100% of that game. The only things I didn't like 100% as far as the achievements go was the multiplayer. Yeah. The multiplayer was so bland. That's like the main reason I wouldn't put it at number one was because the multiplayer was just yeah. like, oh. it was It was completely unnecessary. And no, not needed. The fact, I, I, I played a couple rounds of it, leveled up a little bit, and I was like, I cannot grind this to level 60 just to get an achievement. This, no. No. I can't. I can't. Can't even. <laughs> cannot even. It was so unbalanced and and just, uh, it just, it wasn't fun. So I was just like, fuck it. Uh, I'm, I basically 100%ed it. I got all the single player achievements. So I, I got it. I got it. I'm good. No, yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> so, yeah. It's definitely worth it. Oh, yeah. Alrighty, then. We got the big one. The number one spot. Drum roll. 
number one. DMC Double, Double May, May Cry. So this might be a little polarizing. A little bit. Mostly because a big, I knew people, I witnessed it, I talked to people about how they were genuinely pissed off about the remake simply because... Dante had a new look. Dante had a new look. That's all it takes for people to stop playing that's, a video game, apparently. It's so naive. It's, it's really stupid, is all I have to say yeah. to that. Granted, the hilarious joke at the time was is that he suspiciously looked a lot like the lead game director. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I understand that yeah. hilarious argument, but still, it doesn't prevent me from trying a game out. Yeah. And my earlier comments of that the first Devil May Cry doesn't hold up. Mm-hmm. I gotta be honest, I respect the Devil May Cry series. I've never been a huge fan. Yeah. I played the first one, loved it, but I don't love it anymore. I never played the second one because it didn't look very good. Third one apparently was bad and, like, really difficult. Not bad. A lot of... I My friend... I have a friend who's a Devil May Cry fan. He absolutely loved the game, but he did acknowledge how fucking difficult it was. Mm -hmm. Like... I mean, I'm no stranger to difficult games. Yeah. I you're, I live in Dark Souls. I fucking love it. I am you're fucking masochist. But like, I could, Elena, I couldn't get past the first boss in Devil May Cry three. I, I had a hard time with that. Me neither. It was just it was frustrating as hell. Oh yeah. And like, yeah, I just so for me, I felt and Devil May Cry four, I played a little bit of, and it was just not good. Yeah, I that didn't actually like might it. have been the one that I was thinking of that was just meh. Yeah. It was very yeah, meh. Yeah, D D like, Devil May Cry 3 was really, really difficult. And then Devil May Cry 4, like, everybody was just like, this kind of sucks. It's not, it's <laughs> Nero. Who wants to play as Nero? Nobody. Nero wanted to play as Nero. No, he didn't. Caligula wanted to play as Nero. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I like that. Think on that for a sec. <laughs> um, one of the big things I love about DMC I, I went, yeah, I got the um, HD collection of uh, Devil May Cry, and I tried playing it, and I just, it was, I just, I was really bad at it. You had to be really good at those kinds of games, and I'm just not good at those kinds of games, mm -hmm. and it was incredibly frustrating, and so when I first picked up DMC, um, what I did was, um, I did set it to a little bit of a lower difficulty uh, just to be able to, you know, learning curve. I'm not good at games, so the, anyway. Um, but even after just the tutorial, um, I, f I felt comfortable enough with it that I, I upped the difficulty, and even, even then, it was just so much more accessible um, than the originals and that's something I really really appreciate as someone who is not the best at games. I, I really appreciate it when um, games that can be um, like it's, it's still a difficult game and it does still require skill but being able to learn the mechanics is so much easier in DMC. Like it was, it was it, a it, lot easier. It has one of my favorite mechanics, and that's being able to switch between weapons flawlessly. Yeah, yeah, that was that was awesome, and like you could mix up your fighting style however you wanted, which was awesome. I love when uh, games are flexible like that. Mm -hmm. Like Wolfenstein's flexible like that. It is. It's it, very flexible. It like you know the, you get you can play the way you want to play. Can we talk about the art style? Yes! Whew. 
Holy shit! Man, I loved being in Limbo. It's a weird thing to say. <sighs> yeah. Because I played the I played the platform in Limbo. That was not a pleasant experience. Yeah, no. <laughs> but like their style of Limbo was something else. Yeah, just the art design was absolutely gorgeous, and it completely fit with uh, with the story and the the tone of of the game, like the direction they wanted to take it in. It's one of the more unique art styles I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way the world just rips itself apart. Yeah, no, and, and that, that's another thing that I really appreciated was the level design. Mm-hmm. It's really intricate. It's not just like run, jump, run, jump, run, jump. It's run, this thing's going to move from here to here. You have to adjust to that to get over here. And there's all kinds of verticality in it. And you, I initially was not expecting that. Yeah. So when platforming became more... When I, when I realized that platforming was, was actually a really uh, important part of the game, I was like, holy shit, this is really fucking cool. And platforming is done in a way that it's not boring. It's interesting every single time. Yeah, it's... And also, like, I, 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 for me, I really appreciated where Ninja Theory took Dante as a character. Me too. Because I, I thought that he was easier to just connect with. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, there was more human to him than yeah. there was in the last Dante version, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, my my big thing with old Dante was, like, I, I always felt like he could never really take anything seriously. Mm-hmm. He was just always joking around, which, you know, I can appreciate the characters that joke around or whatever, but, like, in a setting that, um, that heavy, uh, I, I just, it wasn't believable for me. For there to be a character who was just constantly joking around and not really taking anything seriously. Mm-hmm. And with the new Dante, he's easier to relate to. He's more grounded. And he's more reasonable, <laughs> I think. Also, I just, like, the way the game sets up for the sequels, Yeah, I thought was such a smart mm-hmm. move. No, and Virgil. That's what I'm saying, like, yeah. uh, with him and Virgil. Because, like, yeah. the whole time, I was, like, I was sitting there playing the game, and I was just sitting there thinking, wow, are they really rewriting the whole series so that these two are, like, buddies? Yeah. I was, like, first of all, I was already interested in that. Yeah. But then the way they were just, like, Virgil, his whole time was just, like, well, we're going to rule humanity because we can't trust them. Yeah. And Dante's just, like, dude, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? This yeah. is not the whole point. I just thought that, that I think that whole motivation with both characters is much more believable and very well executed. Yeah, absolutely. No, and like it felt much more natural. Like it it felt like a very natural story progression and um, it was still like when when it happened, I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, because oh shit, he just said it very casually, like yeah. you were just going to accept it. And I remember I caught that when I first heard it, and uh, even I was like, "Dante," I was like, "Wait, wait what?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and then suddenly, um, suddenly you're fighting. Yeah, and it's I just I thought it was. So- Oh, fucking cool. Also, it's, then, not, it's not very often that a character can rock a fedora as well as Virgil did. Oh, yeah. You know? I gotta give oh, props yeah. where it's needed. Oh, yeah. No, and um, I don't know if you ever played Virgil, the Virgil DLC. No. I look forward to it, though, in the Holy definitive edition. Holy shit, it's hard. It's really hard, but it's really fucking interesting. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they went kind of an extra step to, to show more about Virgil and... Um, 
they they even make it so you can kind of relate to him a little bit more, which I really appreciate. I like those characters that aren't just black and white, good and evil, but yeah. that they're they're complex. They have um, ideas that you might agree with, but their methods of going about it are horrible. And um, like I I like those morally gray characters. I think they're the most interesting. And DMC definitely has those. Mm -hmm. And I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. That and it's just like a really fun game to play. Yeah, it really is. I look forward to picking out the definitive edition on the Expo. Apparently, like, um, they've got a couple new modes. Like they I saw that advertisement. Much Mm -hmm. much more difficulty settings. Like even more difficult. Difficulty what we're settings. already used to. And then, Good like, Lord. even one setting where it, like, speeds up time by, like, 20% or Is something. It, no, like, the, the game speed itself. Yeah, the, the game combat. speed. Yeah, yeah, like, everything's 20% faster. Yeah. It's like, what? It's like, shit. <laughs> I thought it was pretty fast-paced before. Yeah, it Damn. sounds... It's like Ninja Gaiden level now. No, I, I, I'm really excited to, to play the Definitive Edition, just As replay that story. Because it was... It, it's one of my favorite. Uh, I, want, I want I want a sequel soon. At least an announcement. I think I saw something about it, maybe. I'll double check on that. But yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see where where the series uh, goes from this point forward. Mm-hmm. So, A lot of possibilities. Oh, yeah. All right. So There's our, t- there's our top ten yep. picks for our reboots and reimaginings, everybody. Yep. Woo! Woo! Yeah. So, to... To round out uh, this podcast, <laughs> Brock has his obscure my, question. My obscure question of the podcast. Yep. So, here's my obscure question. If you were in charge of a documentary film, film crew, which video game characters would you follow? And why? See, and I, I should preface this by saying I thought of at least seven and narrowed it down to three and could not decide between the three. Ridiculous. So I'm going to say all three. Um, <laughs> the first one is Deadpool because he's fucking hysterical. I feel like Deadpool would be such a dangerous choice because he would just turn on you in an instant. Yeah, but it'd be really... The way he would do it would be really fucking funny. <laughs> it'd be a hell of a way to end your film. It, it would be a hell of a way to end the film. Um... <laughs> The second one is Garrus, just because I want to see if he really does spend all that time calibrating. (laughs) (laughs) Because if he doesn't, what does he do? I don't know, man. Like... It's it's like it's like an insider edition, <laughs> inside the life of Garrus Vicarian. <laughs> what does he do when he's not calibrating? <laughs> and then the third is Morden Solis. Because the way his brain works absolutely fascinates me. Yeah. Like I like I, to follow him when he's like a research scientist before the events of yeah. all the Mass Effect shit. Yeah, no, I I honestly think that would be really, really interesting. And honestly, if like you could get a, a documentary film crew to just have him sit down and just tell like all of his stories, I think that'd be And really hopefully cool. slow down a little bit. No. Nope. 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 Okay. Like full speed, and then um, when they when they play it, you play it on double speed. Okay. So it's just sensory overload. That's just too much, man. Nope. Nope. It's it's the full Morden Souls experience <laughs> in IMAX. In IMAX 3D. In IMAX 3D. <laughs> um, no, I think Morden's a really interesting character, and 
um, just watching him work in Mass Effect 2 is always really fun. And yeah, he, you always have such interesting conversations with him. You do. And I, <laughs> my favorite part is when he bursts out into song. And I can imagine a, if he were interviewed for a documentary film, he would just burst out into song constantly while he was working. Like, <laughs> I find that absolutely fascinating. Yeah. So those are my three picks. Brock Woo. is a more sensible person and only picked one. So. Well, technically not one. It's, it's more along the lines of what you did. Okay, that's fine. Kind of. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, mine's a little bit darker. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm all about I'm all about the dark and I'm all about character study and all that fun stuff. I would be interested I would be I would be interested in following um the people after the events of Heavy Rain ten years after the fact and how it affected their lives. The only question I would pose the good ending. is okay. The yeah, good I was ending. gonna say which ending <laughs> because Origami Killer is dead. Okay. We are not using my ending, my terrible ending. <laughs> Your terrible ending. That was almost, there'd be no one to follow. That was almost the worst ending. There'd be no one to follow. Scott Shelby. But you don't know him. I guess well I guess you could talk Yeah, you do. The point being though, I think it would be interesting to learn. Yeah. How Ethan and his son moved on. How the uh, maybe if the FBI agent got like a big promotion or something. I, or I honestly, for him, I kind of hope he quit the FBI because, mm -hmm. in in a way, they were kind of enabling him with his you know addiction. Addiction, yeah, and for sure. He needs, but on the other hand, like if you take him away from doing what he loves, you kind of go insane. Like he would kind of go insane. That's, but, that's my point. Well, so it's like, ooh. You're asking the question, yeah. therefore, it's yeah. a good answer. Therefore, yeah, <laughs> no, it, it's a very suitable answer. And then I would also wonder about, like, um, fuck, what's, what's, his, what's his fucking name? Um, um, who am I forgetting? There's uh, the reporter girl. Yeah, there's the reporter girl. I don't remember her um, name, though. Depending on which ending you get, like, she and Ethan could end up together. Mm -hmm. And I'd be interested to see how that dynamic works out. Because uh, one ending, there there's one ending where um, Sean dies. And um, Ethan is, Ethan and Madison are visiting his grave. And uh, Madison's like, you know, we're, we're going to work through this together. And, like, we're, we're together now. And then Ethan's like, can I just have a minute? And as she's walking away, he pulls out a gun and kills himself. Wow. And she is, she, she's like, <laughs> Yeah, what the hell? Shit! <laughs> um, and it's, I'd honestly be interested to see where she was at after that point. <laughs> like... There's so many possibilities yeah, for this film. There's so many possibilities that I, I think it'd be a really interesting character study. So, mm -hmm. yeah. There you go. Yeah, you go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. So that's that. That will do it for us this mm -hmm. time around. Yep. We'll definitely be back next time. Don't you yep. guys worry. Don't you fret. Don't you don't you go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and I believe on the next Cinephiles, we will be discussing... The Shining. The Shining. I'm so excited for that one. We gotta hurry up and <gasps> do that one. Yeah. No, I'm... I'm I already have my, like, three pages of notes. Yeah. I'm so fucking excited. Yeah, it's Rick gonna does be too. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fantastic. Um, All right, well, this has been it for our 
session of uh, the Gaming Corner. If you've got mm -hmm. any questions, uh, feel free to send them to uh, uh, our email, flippingthenerdchannel at gmail.com. Um, and if we get enough questions, we'll, we might start doing a Q&A 